If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, my title this morning is simply Thanksgiving in 2020. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Somebody say amen. amen. I'd like to read a presidential proclamation that was issued on October 3rd, 1789. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God to safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, to be devoted to the people of these states, to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that has, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks. George Washington wasn't such a bad guy, huh? As it was 231 years ago, this Thursday will be a national day of Thanksgiving. Many will gather with family and friends, enjoy some good food, good company, and simply the blessings that God has so richly bestowed upon his people. It will feel like and seem that even those who aren't overly faith-based or religious will find it within themselves to possess a thankful heart. Even unbelievers, even atheists at this time will be thankful. Yet we cannot look at Thanksgiving without understanding that this is Thanksgiving in 2020. And this year has been different, so this Thanksgiving will be different. The gatherings will be smaller. There are still questions that so many have about our future financially, so many questions about our future medically, so many questions about our future socially. And for some families, this has been an extremely difficult year. For some, there'll be people missing. One less place setting, one less phone call to make. No, Thanksgiving 2020 will be different. Gee, Pastor, you're in a good mood. And one of the things that makes it different is that there really is, with all that has happened, no real sense of the timeline of where these things are. Is the pandemic over or is it nearly over? Is the social unrest that we've been experiencing within our land heading in a good direction? Will our leaders ever learn to play nice together? Will there be another shelter in place order like there was back in March? 
Yet no matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter what we've gone through, I submit to all of us today that each and every one of us has a reason to be thankful. And yet I sense right now that few would argue with that. That they have reasons to be thankful. The question is, thankful to whom? It's important that we connect the dots as Christians. It's important that we establish the connection between the blessings and the one who delivers the blessings into our lives. I'm thankful to the one who is responsible for every blessing, every good gift, everything that I have in my life. I'm thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ because he alone is worthy of glory. He alone is worthy of praise. Each one of us, if asked, I'm sure could prepare a list of all the things of why we're thankful for. We're thankful for life. We're thankful for health. We're thankful for family. We're thankful for this church. At least I hope so. We're thankful for this nation. All of those things not being perfect, yet we are thankful for them. And the list could go on and on. We truly have endless reminders of reasons to be thankful. But in addition to what I'm thankful for, I need to pause and make sure I'm also thankful to the one who delivers the blessings each and every day into your life and into mine. All of these blessings do not just simply appear out of thin air. They are crafted, they are intended for you and me as God's people. All of us have good reasons to be thankful. But I want to go deeper. Because each of our lists have some common things. Let's look at King David's Thanksgiving list. He begins by simply declaring that everything that is within him, his entire being, must give glory and honor and praise to God. In verse 1 he says, all that is within me. How many know all means all? My words should praise him. My behavior should praise him. My attitude should praise him. My actions when I'm happy should praise him. My actions when I'm angry should praise him. Somebody say amen. My actions when I'm grieving should give him praise. When I am angry and I feel like giving somebody a piece of my mind. I know none of you have ever felt that way, so just just go with me there. I need to be able to say that doing so, giving someone a piece of my mind, is not just about me feeling better. Somehow will give glory and honor and praise to God. That it will bless him. But pastor, I had to say something. Tonight, I would have had bitterness growing with inside me. So this was about you feeling better. How many are aware the universe doesn't revolve around you and me? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Don't get me wrong. We need to be a people of anybody who confront things. But the reason needs to be because not only why I'm confronting, but how. Because we're told to confront in love. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Then King David, when 
says when we bless the Lord that we should forget not his benefits. Most of us have no problem remembering the things that God has done for us, especially the big things. Most people will remember the financial crises that God has taken you from and taken you through and brought us on the other side in victory. Most people will remember the miraculous healings that God has worked in your life and in mine. Most people will remember when God took a life that was headed in the wrong direction, when God took a life that was completely messed up and set it on a rock that is as solid as any foundation and gave us an abundant life today. But this verse doesn't say forget not some of his benefits or forget not the big benefits. It says we should not forget any of them. This includes the ones we often take for granted. You do realize that if you're listening to me today, your ears work. That if you're seeing me today, it's because your eyes work. You do realize that since you're still here, the reason you're still here is because God is good. You do realize that when God provides into your life with material provision, it's because God is good. Going to the deeper places of being thankful requires that I also not forget the little things. The things that often get overlooked. But like many of us, King David did provide his own list. So we're going to take a look at his list today. First, he says in verse 3, he is thankful that his God is a God who forgives all of our sins. How many are are, are just grateful for that? It doesn't matter if you've been saved since you were five years old. That is still something that each of us needs to have on our thankful list. That I am thankful that God has forgiven all of my sins. Because without Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, without his sacrifice at the place that this church is named from on Calvary, we would be today enemies of God. We have a God who forgives all our iniquities. All of them. Even the ones that other people still hold against you. Anyone know what I'm talking about today? David understood this one. You see, he's not thankful to God for Israel's prosperity. He's not thanking God for the nation's powerful standing under his reign. He starts by being thankful for God forgiving a foolish sinner like him. We all need to echo this. You see, only Jesus could forgive a murderer and an adulterer and transform him into a man after God's own heart. And how many know he still does that today? He can take any life. He can take any situation. He can take any person, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done, no matter who they've hurt, no matter how far they are away, and he can make them into something and to someone that is after God's own heart. So may I suggest that the most precious gift we have in life is a God who has forgiven all our sins, which is the challenge for us, because we tend to be much more selective than God is. We forgive 
some of people's sins. And the others, I will get back to you on that. But our God forgives all. All our iniquities. All of our shortcomings. All of our poor decisions. All of our sins. So David is thankful for a God who forgives all his iniquities. And second, he is thankful that God heals all his diseases. The other half of verse 3. Now David did not have vast medical knowledge. He wasn't versed in the advancements of germ research or the latest study in infectious diseases. But he knew that when you live a life by God's standards, life is better. We, when we control our thinking, he knew that God has the ability to have us have a heart that is happier. David knew when we control our temper that there's more joy that seems to surround our lives. David knew that when we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and please Jesus, control our tongues, that there is greater peace that we walk in. David knew that when God's people behave like God's people, they're blessed. I may not understand everything that happens in life. That's an understatement. I don't understand everything that happens in life. But I know that my God is still the great physician. He is still the great healer. He is still the one on the throne. And I'm grateful that he heals still today physically. But I'm also grateful he heals still today mentally and psychologically. And I'm grateful today he also heals relationally in all of our lives. And yes, I'm grateful today he also heals spiritually. Our God in all of these situations always has the last word. So when someone's counting you out, when someone is giving you the last rites, as it were, or just writing you off, but God, but God, but God. So David's thankful that God forgives his sins, his iniquities. He's thankful for God healing all his diseases. And then verse 4 says he's thankful that his God re, uh, redeems our lives from destruction. We all know that our lives would be a complete and total mess without the Lord Jesus, right? Our God not only heals our lives, but he redeems them. He not only takes away the pain, takes away the suffering, takes away the sorrow, but he then in its place provides purpose and life and power and victory. Our God not only removes the stain of sin, but he replaces our lives that were racked by sin with value and honor. Our God not only saves you from the destruction but then he sanctifies you and me with an abundant life. He rescues each of us from the pit of complete despair and then crowns us, it says in the end of verse 4, with loving kindness and tender mercies. Giving us good things to satisfy us so that, 
And this is something I think many of us can relate to that we would, we just thank God for in verse 5. So that our youth is renewed. Now, I recently had a birthday, and I freely mentioned that I'm 59 now. And someone asked me, if you could go back and be what age, what would you be? And all I said to that person was, I've got no desire to go back. I've been thinking about that. If there was a moment I could go back to, it was somewhere in my early 20s. I had just gotten married and moved out of my home. And my mom, being the wonderful mom that she was, was cleaning stuff out. And she threw out a box of baseball cards that I had. And I know in that box of baseball cards was a Tom Seaver rookie card. Which she like, eh, just cards. If I could go back to one moment, I would go back to that. Other than that, I'm fine where I am. So the issue isn't going back to relive my youth. The issue is having my youth renewed, having my energy renewed. We live in a world that is completely obsessed with a youth image. Now, it's good to understand and value our young people. They are not just the church of tomorrow. Church, they are the church of today. And we embrace their role in our lives. But let's face it, we all get older. Somebody say amen. We all get older. And the Bible is clear that getting older is a sign of God's blessing, mainly because not everyone gets that privilege. This world tries to tell you to think younger and then tells you what that means. This world tries to tell you to look younger and then tries to enforce what that means. So I would declare if you want to have your youthful strength renewed, Follow Jesus. Follow him. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse number 16 says, therefore, do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. He renews and refreshes us. Day by day. The outward man, not so much but the inward man. Our list of reasons to be thankful is never ending, and yet many will not seek or see being thankful this week. For them, it'll be difficult. For many, they will be genuinely struggling to find a reason to focus on being grateful. Their issue might be something physical or medical or, or financial or relational. Whatever it is, it's a genuine struggle. And the truth is, each one of us sitting here today, everyone listening to me by whatever mechanism we have available, has some area of your life that is in a place that would accurately be labeled struggle. Yet even when bad things happen, even when bad things happen to good people, even when bad things happen to God's people, we have a reason to give our God praise and adoration. Church, he has been good to us. He has been amazing to us. He is worthy of honor and glory. 
Why? Because one major difference between how we struggle and how the world struggles, and I believe many of us could identify with this, is that we're never alone. We've never been left alone. You know the 23rd Psalm. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. You, Lord Jesus, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In the most difficult moments I've ever faced in life, my testimony is God has always been there. In the most trying times, my testimony is that God has heard every word I have uttered in prayer, I have uttered in anger, I have uttered in despair. In the most painful experiences, our God remembers every tear, every cry, every moan. No matter what we walk through, our God is good. Our God is good. Even when life is not good, God is good. God is good. So wherever you are today, whatever it is, the context with which you're approaching Thanksgiving Day this Thursday, Whatever you're going through, you're not alone. Jesus is walking right beside you. The comforter is there to guide you. The God of all creation is walking with you every moment. Another reason to give him thanks. A poem I found written by a theologian from the 1700s, F.W. Davis. I will lift my heart to thee, O God, in gratitude and praise for all thy blessings of the past and those of future days. For well I know if I shall live, thy blessings still shall flow. Across my soul is greater joy than I could ever know. I thank thee for my faithful friends, for sunshine and the rain, and every blessing hid or, hid or seen though some may come through pain. O God, accept my thanks to thee each time I come to pray, and grant each day that I shall live will be Thanksgiving Day. There will be attitudes that people have, and I can understand and appreciate the context, that as they gather for Thanksgiving, they're thankful just for making it. It's an attitude of, gr of gratitude, but it's one that is kind of mired in just simple survival. There'll be those who realize that, yes, although there have been struggles and setbacks and all kinds of things that we've had to deal with, that they are still here and we have much with which to be thankful. But church, you and I have been given so much that we can stand with our family and friends on Thursday and project Thanksgiving in victory. You and I have a God who has conquered all things. You and I serve a Lord and Savior who has brought peace and joy where there is hopelessness and despair. You and I come to this week after what has been an unprecedented year and can say, Lord, you've been good. You've been so good. So good to us.
But what about tomorrow, Pastor? What about the next day? Well, the next day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday. Most people will be shopping in various forms, so don't worry about that. But I understand the question. What about the future of the pandemic? What about the tremendous issues we face in our community, in our state, in our nation, in our world? What about the family relationships that have just become even more challenged in the past nine months? What about those? They require prayer. They require God's mighty intervention. But isn't it wonderful and a reason to be grateful that we have someone to pray to? We can go to Jesus. We don't have to go through an intermediary. We don't have to wait for a special feast day. We can go to the throne room of Jesus at any moment, on any day, and talk with the King of Kings. Something to be grateful for. I can talk to Jesus at any time. He's a prayer away. That's something with which to be thankful. Our traditions vary. There'll be different meals on different tables. Some will surround a turkey. Some will surround an array of Italian food. Some will surround an array of seafood. Some may only have a much simpler meal in front of them. But it's not the amount of food or the type of food. It's the Savior who blesses the table. He blesses the table by his presence. By his presence. Stand with me, please.